But man, I am thankful to be part of this church. I'm thankful for you guys uh, and to be doing life with you guys. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Why don't you stand and uh, we'll read uh, Romans 12. Verse 1 and 2, if you have your actual Bible today or you're on your uh, phone, uh, we'll be staying in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2, then we're going to go down a little bit later there, but uh, let's read. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the perfect will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Guys, let's pray as we start this morning. God, won't you come? God, this is your service, this is your word, and this is your time to implant it into our hearts. Father, we come with expectation to be changed, rearranged, and to look more like you. God, we ask for you to to be here this morning and help us to receive what you have for us. God, won't you anoint this time and go forth boldly in Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat, and uh, we are talking about living transformed this morning. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because we never stop growing. That's one of the core focuses at the church. We never stop growing, and so whether you've been just saved and coming to know Jesus, or whether you've been saved for a long time, whether uh, you just started coming to church, or whether you've been a pastor of a church, it doesn't matter. We're all growing, and we're all on this trajectory of continually to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So this is for all of us this morning. And the first thing that we're going to talk about today is that we need, and it's the foundation, is that we need to be biblically changed. And I'm going to walk through these verses just one by one, these statements. And the first one is, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. That's the first statement in this passage. So it says, therefore, meaning it's connected to something else. So therefore, what? Because of what? And if you read Romans 1 through 11 later today, You can find out all about that. So let me hit some highlights for you from Romans 1 through 11 before the verses we're talking about today. And it is that because of sin, the wrath of God is stored up against us. But because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means that we could not have access to God. We can't have relationship with God because we have sin in our lives unless we ask Jesus to forgive us, believe he died on the cross and rose again, and surrender our lives to him and say, I, I can't do this. I need to st- I'm going to stop doing it my way. I'm going to do it your way. And because Jesus died on the cross, when we do that, he makes us justified. That means that he took the penalty for our sin. The Bible in Romans says the penalty for sin is death. That spiritual death, relationship with God. But God demonstrated his love towards us that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he made the payment for our sin so that we could be made right with God. That's called justification. Everybody say justification. Man, if you aren't getting excited, there's something wrong because this is exciting stuff, all right? A lot of times we get saved and we're like, woo! And then a couple months later, woo! A couple years later, woo! 
And we just keep going. Guys, I want to always be preaching the gospel and reminding us of what God has done in our lives and keeping it at the forefront. And it is the predecessor to what we're talking about today. Uh, another thing theme is, is sanctification, that we don't stay the same. When you get saved, you're to grow up. You can't stay a baby. You got to be changed from glory to glory and to be transformed to look more and more like Jesus and less and less like your old self before you were saved. All right, that's called sanctification. Say sanctification. sanctification. We're to grow and to know God more, and he will continue to do that. Another one is glorification, is that we can become more like Jesus, yes, but he can make us glorified, and eventually one day we'll have glorified, resurrected bodies and be with him forever, but glorified is one of the themes. Say glorified. glorified. Another one is predestination. You know what? God predestined a path. For us to have salvation. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. He planned it because his love was so great for his people, for humankind, that he made a way for salvation. And then another theme in Romans 1, 1 through 11, uh, or chapters 1 through 11, is this, is that the calling he calls us. The Bible says that God draws all men unto himself, and he removes the blinder and lets us see our need for a Savior. So if you are sitting here today and you have a relationship with God, it's because God called you and re revealed to you that you needed a Savior, and therefore you could choose to accept Jesus as your Savior and become in right relationship with God and also it shows us that we are not only called by him to salvation, but he has called you, believer, to a purpose. And he has a purpose for your life. Man, I'm excited. So this is the mercies of God. Chapters 1 through 11, those themes, those are, therefore, because the mercies of God, these are the mercies of God that you were once dead in your sin. We were dead in our sin but made right because of Jesus Christ and God's love for us that he sent his own son to die on a cross. And so I appeal to you, he says, by the mercies of God. So guys, because of this, everything else will follow. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Guys, there is a difference between surrendering and yielding and presenting. Now, I like to use the word a lot and do use it a lot. Uh, yield yourself to God. Surrender yourself to God. But yielding and surrendering actually uh, do uh, kind of make you think of that there's some resistance, right? Oh, man, I'm kind of resisting, so I'm going to finally surrender, right? But there's a difference between that and presenting. Presenting means we're gladly, joyfully, excitedly uh, presenting ourselves to God. We're willing to offer ourselves to him. Okay? So let me explain this in a way. Uh, every, every year, okay, I try to get away with Mandy for a, for a couple of days. And uh, thanks to everyone who watches our kids. It's, it's like a massive undertaking. And I don't want to like pat myself on the back because for real, it's actually only been two years. So uh, I'm just learning and growing. So we've only done it for two years. But the first year I ended up getting her a gift. And the second year I was like, man, I want this to be a tradition. Every time we go away, I'm going to get her a gift. And, um, so I, I, she had showed me these shoes that someone was wearing. She made me take a picture of a, a teenager's shoes out there during youth group. And, uh, 
and I made a mental note, right? Like she likes those. And so I went on Nike.com and got her these shoes. And man, I was so excited to give it to her. We, we were going like four hours away. We only got like to Waxahachie and we stopped for, for lunch. That happens a lot when we're together. We stopped to eat. Uh, and uh, we were at Tacos for Life, by the way. They are awesome and they give to missions. But we were there and we got out of the car and like, I was like, I can't wait to give these to her. So I popped the trunk. Uh, I don't want to act like I did too much preparation. They were in a shoebox. They weren't wrapped, okay? But I was like, hey, check this out. I got these for you. And I was so happy and excited to give them to her. I like couldn't wait one more minute because I love her and I wanted to show her that. And, uh, but there's a difference between offering uh, and presenting like that than if I would have been like, well... We get to the place, I'm like, well, you know, I, I mean, I felt like I really had to give you something. So uh, I know we don't have the money right now, but I got you these really nice shoes. You know, like, I mean, do you guys see the difference between presenting and surrendering or yielding uh, like that? You guys get that difference? There, there is a big difference, but how many of us have done that with God instead of what we're like uh, reluctantly surrendering and trying to give ourselves to him instead of being excited and thankful for all these things that we just talked about, salvation, that he called you, that he has a purpose for you, that he's justified you, that he's put you in right relationship with him, that he gave his son to you, that he forethought a plan for you. Because of that, it's all about love. We're not giving ourselves in a coerced way, but we have no other option. Like, we're just so excited to give ourselves to him as a living sacrifice because of all he's done for us. We're excited. I'm offering myself up to you because, man, I'm so excited and thankful for all that you have done. There's a quote that I want to read. It says, any attempt at religious obedience that does not flow from a heart moved by divine mercy is legalism. I'm going to read it one more time. Any attempt at religious obedience that does not flow from a heart moved by divine mercy is legalism. See, I grew up being preached at that, man, you, you've got to obey these rules, and you obey these rules because they're the rules, and that's how you have to do it. If you don't obey these rules, you're a horrible Christian. You're a horrible person, and so I grew up obeying the rules or I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I try to buck the rules sometimes, but uh, I've, I was learning and growing. Um, but try to buck the rules and say, you know what? No, I, I, I have to do it because this is, if I don't do it, I'm, I'm a bad Christian. But what's wrong with that is every time you, you fall, you, you're, like, you're like, man, I got to start over now, you know? But guys, it's something different when we, when we say and have this idea of, of offering, and, and it's not about doing it because it's the right thing. We're doing it because we love him so much. We're offering it to him. It's like, of course. Uh, it's, and now, like, if I look back, I'm like, man, uh, you know, trying to obey all these rules, I, I was kind of like strict, but now if I look back and someone was to look at my life, they'd be like, man, you're living so much more according to the word than you were back then. You know what I'm saying? But it's not because of I have to, it's because I want to. And therefore, there's so much freedom in that. And you know, a lot, of, a lot of people are like, man, I just can't obey the Bible. It's a bunch of rules. How can we not? Look what he's done. We should want to, to follow him and grow closer to him. And, and, but it's out of a position of love, not out of a position of a have to. Legalism is what that's called when you have to. It's a want to. It should be his wonderful workings in our lives that propels us to present oneself as a living 
sacrifice. It says present your bodies. That's, that's uh, mind, body, soul, and spirit. That's what pastor's been preaching on, right? All, all of us. He doesn't want just one, one piece of us to be a, a living sacrifice to offer up. Well, I'm going to give you this part of me, God, but not the other part. Right? He wants our all. That's what he's calling us to put on the line here is our all and to be all invested in offering ourselves to him. It says the next line in this verse says, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So all that we are is dedicated to God, holy, all of us. To be holy, which means to be set apart. So let's just walk down here uh, uh, to kind of get a picture of what this looks like, to look different. Uh, And that is our feet can walk in obedience to his paths, right? Our lips will speak truth and spread the gospel. Our tongues will bring healing because there's power and death in in the tongue. We can speak life into people or we can cause them and curse them into death. But when we give ourselves holy to him... To be holy, we now take that tongue and we speak life into other people. Our hands will lift those who have fallen, our arms to embrace the lonely and uninvolved. Our ears will listen to the cries of the distressed and our eyes look humbly and patiently towards God. Spiritual worship, guys, means it's not this mechanical wrought thing uh, that is, is simply external or automatic. Matthew 5, 8 through 9 says, this people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines of commandments of men. You see, we, we can't live by, by man's doctrine. It's not this thing that, that, that is, is just external, right? It's this thing that change happens. It's got to be from the inside out. It's an internal change that happens. Um, I've been working out at, at uh, Loco Lupe's gym and, uh, uh, and uh, in the morning, well, he'd say not last week, but all the other times. Um, but I've been working out over there. And one day I was, uh, we were, he was telling me about his truck. And you guys know the trucks that uh, or the SUVs where they have the running boards that come down, like, automatically. It's like you open the door and it's like, you guys know what I'm talking about? I haven't reached that level yet. <laughs> but uh, but uh, maybe one day we'll throw the minivan out and get one of those. But uh, So it would come down, and on its way down, it would start going, it's annoying, right? Yeah, I keep going. I keep going. Um, and, and we were talking about it, but you know, a lot of, t- I, he told me he doesn't drive it anymore right now until he gets it fixed because the part's on back order. And he's like, you know what? Because when I drive down, sometimes it'll be going good and I'm feeling good, but then it goes, could you imagine pulling up to the, to the store and it's like, and it's just not stopping. And people are like, man, what is going on? But a lot of times as Christians, that's what happens. We want to look good externally, but we're not willing to deal and fix the, the thing on that's really the problem. You know what I'm talking about? And so the change has to be from the inside out. It's, um, we're going to talk more about that in a, in a minute. But that's the, that's the, it's, we can't just honor him with our lips. We can't be someone at church on Sunday and then be somebody completely different when we go to our job on Monday. Okay? It's not, we can't be this chameleon that changes colors to fit in wherever we're at. Okay, we go out with the coworkers. Well, oh, this is, this is a, Coworker me, 
you know, and, and it doesn't have a lot of Jesus in it. Um, but here's church me. Guys, there can't be this difference. We have to be authentic people who are being willing to be changed and not just honor him with our lips, but honor him with our lives. And that looks different, talks different, is different because we are transformed, which is where we're going now is that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let's talk about not being conformed to this world. Transform means our behaviors both internally and externally are not to take the shape of this present evil age. Released from the control of the world around us, we can come to know all that God has fully for us. Not just any change will do, guys. And, and here's kind of the, the thing, right? When we have a lot of external things that are trying to teach us truth, right? Society, our culture, there's a lot of things that want to speak into our lives. And, and, and part of the problem is, guys, is the church at large buys into a lot of these things where it feels normal and acceptable to accept some of these cultural norms, but it's actually not Jesus. It's actually not biblical, but we've accepted them and allowed them in because it just feels normal because we're seeing it in our TV shows. We're seeing it on the news. We're seeing it on the, the radio. We're seeing it in every aspect of our lives, sometimes even in the school system. But it's easy to get caught up in that, and it, the more we get released from that, the more we, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the counterfeit bills. When I've never worked in a bank, but I was told uh, that if you take a, uh, uh, like a $100 bill and you're trying to make sure that it's not counterfeit, that they teach you in a bank that to study the real thing. And so when you know all about the real thing, you can hold up the, the fake and you can identify it as a fake. And, you know, people just get better at making counterfeit money. So people have to get work harder at making sure they know it's a fake. And so, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. We have got to be so in tune with the word and what the truth is that when we see something that's not truth, we can say, that's not right. I'm not going to identify with that. I'm going to stand for what's right, but you stand for what's right and what's Christ-like, what's biblical, not only when you're here among believers, but when you're in your job, you're in your workplace, you're in your school students, you're in your, wherever you're working, wherever you go, in your home, you stand on the truth of the word of God. You don't stand on what seems popular or is, is the, the normal opinion, right? We've got to know the counterfeit because, but we'll find the counterfeit because we know what's true. We know what's right. We know what's real according to God's word. Not just any change will do. Um, listen, how, how many people drink tea? I mean, we're in Texas, so y'all don't, don't raise your hands. We're in trouble, right? So the tea, you put the bag of tea in the, in the cup, right? And then you take some hot water and you pour, put it in the, in the cup, right? And then what? That hot water extracts the tea out and, and goes into the water. Am I right? I'm not a tea person, so I'm just making sure I got it right. And uh, so... It's the same thing, right, with our Christian lives. It's easy to follow God, to do what's right, to be transformed, to be changed when everything's going good. But when things like the hot water come in and it pulls stuff out of the tea bag, sometimes we start to show ways in which we're not changed, right? And we can identify some that y'all look like, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but it's the same. Let me explain to you. Let me try to break it down. Let's get real. All right. Now, I've also got to say this person's name is not someone from this church. One time in another state, in another place, I was preaching and I used someone's name uh, as an illustration 
but it wasn't, I didn't have them in mind, but they came up to me after church and gave me a talking to because they were like, that's not how I do it and all this. I was like, well, it wasn't about you. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Uh, and so this isn't anybody in the church, okay? So don't take it personally, all right? But Peter, let's, it's like a kid. Peter, uh, stop sulking, right? Everybody would be like, woo, go Peter. You stop being a crybaby. That's a good job. We would think that's a desirable change, right? You guys agree? Okay, now the only reason Peter stopped sulking and freaking out and crying and carrying on is because his mom in the aisle that's in the checkout line finally broke down and bought him the toy he was crying about. Yeah. You guys see where we're going with this? Not just any change will do. We have to be willing to go from the inside out and really dig deep. We just don't want to treat the, uh, the symptoms, right? We do that a lot as Christians. We just want to... Uh, I got this issue. I'm just going to deal with that rather than dealing with what's really causing that issue. And so we've got to be transformed from the inside out. Let me give you another example. Uh, there's a, a church member. Uh, again, not a church member here. Uh, just, I see people freaking out already. Uh, not a church member here, but uh, there's a church member, and they stopped complaining about another church member. And we're all like, woo, that's, Jesus said to do that. That's good. But they only stopped complaining because they left the church and went to another church. But how many of y'all know they didn't treat and change the right thing because they're just going to go to the other church and do that same exact thing at the other church. They didn't deal with the issue. They didn't transform the issue, guys. They just got changed their circumstance, which, which didn't help anything really for them. Do you guys see what I'm saying? We really, not just any change will do, we actually have to be concerned about what kind of change and dealing with the root issue so that we can truly be changed to look more like Jesus and not be conformed to this world. Because the problem right now is that uh, there is a lot of people who we, we are one way here at church and then we go to someplace else, uh, and I just mean like Christians in general, we go someplace else where a different person, but God Guys, we want to be, and some, that's unsafe people, that's their biggest thing is like, well, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. I know Sally, again, no one from the church, uh, Sally who doesn't act the same here as she does there. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That happens, you know, but that the, the point is, is we've got to be the same person transformed. And how do we transform? By the renewing of our mind. Christians are no... Oh, yeah. So Christians are no longer thinking like Christians, but thinking like the world. And we've got to know the truth and stay with the truth. But we have to renew our minds. And I want to talk about two things. And pastor's been talking about the mind and preaching a lot of good things about uh, being loving God with all of our mind and ways to do that. It's been fantastic. And uh, we got to think on these things, right? Philippians 4, 8. Uh, I took before I read that, uh, I took a, a class uh, about a year and a half ago. I went back to school and did some, did some school work. And one of the classes I had to take was like intro to psychology. And uh, man, that was super interesting, but I don't ever want to have to take it again. Wasn't, wasn't for me. But uh, it was really interesting how the mind, it was showing a lot of things how the mind actually works, right? And so it was talking about when you're abusing drugs or alcohol or pornography or something like that, how it literally uh, changes the way your, your brain thinks. And uh, when I think about the renewing of our mind, that's, that's what I think about is that we have to renew our mind with the truth, right? So that we can rewire our brain to not think how we used to think in our, in our fleshly sinful self, but how, how we're supposed to think as a Christian. But how do we do that? Philippians 4, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 8 says, finally, brothers, 
whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Pastor said a few weeks ago, what you think about is about how you, where you go. Your, your mind leads you in that direction. And so, guys, we need to be able to see, okay, is what I'm thinking about right now, is it true? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Because if it's not, we need to change our thoughts and start thinking about that and what the Word of God has to say about it. Because we need to rewire the way our brain thinks and about what is true and good and acceptable and pure. Okay? All right. And then we have to walk with the Spirit. Guys, my voice is toast from yesterday. So if I sound like a high schooler or junior higher, <clears throat> walk with the Spirit. Galatians 5, uh, 16 through 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. If they're opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Uh, you know, one of the things, and we, we always talk about this at, um, in Open House, which is once a quarter, anyone who is newer to the church uh, gets to come and we share a little bit. But one of the things I always like to share is that, man, I, one thing that drew us to Mustang Creek that we really loved is the, the, the word. I mean, we, we are always getting the word here. We, we get some good teaching. But we also get the Holy Spirit and talk about the Holy Spirit. And that's what I really love because a lot of times you get the word but no spirit or the spirit and no word. And here I feel like we've got this marriage of it. But the Holy Spirit is an important to, to renew our minds is an important thing that we need to focus on. Because um, if we, uh, it, it's about, it, it's, it's like this. So again, I've been mostly going to, to Lupe's gym, and uh, it's, it's, it's working out when I'm faithful. Uh, it's doing good, and I appreciate him doing that. It's hopefully going to be a small group here coming up in September. Uh, and so, uh, but there's a few of us guys that get together to do that. And I tell you what, when I go work out in the morning, and, and he works as hard, Coach Lupe does. Man, I I'm come home sweating and tired and sore. But listen, when I do that, when I come home, I don't want to eat junk food. I don't want to go reach for the donut. I don't want to do any of that because I'm like, man, I already put the work in, right? And so uh, that's the kind of mindset I have to have. To have. I didn't do this for anything. You can't out-exercise a bad diet, they say. So I try, try to do that. But it's the same way, this walking by the Spirit thing and not by the flesh. If we walk with the Spirit, we don't gratify the things of our flesh. It's kind of like that. When we're in God's Word and we're spending time with Him uh, throughout the day, man, we don't want to entertain our flesh. So we've got to keep this thing going. Keep them on the, uh, the forefront of our mind. What, when we get in trouble is when we stop being in relationship with them. Then it's kind of like, you know, hey, I didn't work out today. I'm going to eat whatever I want, you know? It says our flesh is the same way. When we're not spending time with him, we're not walking by spirit, we're not acknowledging his, his spirit, then what's going to happen is we will, we'll end up gratifying and wanting to go towards those sinful desires and, and that's the best illustration I can think of to like kind of, kind of put that in perspective for us. So guys, we need to have change, trans, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We cannot look like the world. We have to look different because we're called to take Jesus to the world. And if people are watching you, 
And they're wanting to know what is different from you that is different from people who are not saved. And we have to show them Jesus. We have to show them that we are transformed. So let's go down to Romans 12, 12. And this is the the verse we're going to end on today. But um, be one who rejoices in hope. Romans 12, 12 says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. You see, when we are transformed, it, it, it goes into all the different areas of our lives. But these three things are things that help us to be transformed and to live transformed lives and to show others that we are transformed. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Listen, joy evaporates when hope vanishes. Joy evaporates when hope vanishes. When when we stop having hope, In God, when we start losing our hope that he is our sustainer, he can do it, he can intervene in our lives in any area. We're talking about uh, your body, your mind, your marriage, your kids, and all these different areas of life. If we lose hope in them, our joy vanishes. Hope is very important in connecting to. You guys know, uh, sometimes though, we we get so desperate that we have no choice but to hope in God. Uh, You know, in Tanzania, that was one of the things. There, There wasn't a lot of, like, medical care and other things like that and so people were literally either God came or they died or whatever didn't get better you know and so it was very easy to kind of make that connection but guys that's the kind of 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 hope we need sometimes we get to the end of ourselves and we're forced to say God it's you or nothing but we need to live from that way that he is our hope And hope is what pushes us to breakthrough. When we get to the end of ourselves, we have our hope in God. We can have breakthrough because we're fully surrendered to him. Romans 15, 13 says, May the hope of God fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God has created us to be people of hope. Uh, James also talks about, James 1, he talks about you, we will go through struggles in life. The word even tells us, do not be surprised when you have struggles. Do not be surprised when you go through hard times. Guys, and, and in James 1, it says that we can have joy in the midst of that. And we're going to talk about that in just one second. But the last thing I want to talk about, about be one who rejoices in hope I want to talk about the blessed hope, right? 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17 says, For the Lord himself will come down from the heavens with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, those who are still alive and are left will be caught up together there in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will be with the Lord forever. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. We can have hope because you know what? No matter what happens in this temporal space, the word says that this world is not our home. We're just passing by. This isn't your final destination if you're a believer. But sometimes we get caught up thinking, oh, man, look at all this stuff that's going around. Look at the hard thing I'm going through. And we don't have hope in it because it's our all-encompassing world of here is the only thing that matters. But guys, we have to move from that position to a place where we see eternity and, and eternal things that Listen, no matter what happens here, we have hope that Jesus 
Jesus will be returning and we will spend eternity in heaven with God forever and we'll be casting our crowns down at his feet and we'll be worshiping him for eternity because that is who he is. Is the everlasting God. And you can put that in the bank because that's exactly what's happening. And so whatever you're going through, you can have the hope that Jesus is coming again. And it's not forever. It's just for this time. There is hope even though you can't see it. Sometimes we get blinded by our disbelief. And then we lose our joy. You can actually have joy while you go through tribulation, which is what we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Right now, uh, be patient in tribulation. Be patient in tribulation. Uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces, everybody say perseverance. perseverance. And perseverance, character. Say character. character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You can have hope in the midst of it. But here's the deal. We can have hope. And in James 1, it talks about that even though you have all these struggles and, and trials, that you can have joy in them. And we think that's an oxymoron. But you can have joy in the midst of your tribulation when you understand that the tribulation is not meant to destroy you, but God will use it for good to bring forth character and make changes in your life to be more like Jesus. Right? That's where the joy comes from, not because we like what we're going through. If you like what you're going through, I think you're crazy. Right? It's not about liking what we're going through. It's about seeing the value in the end result. That what uh, Satan uh, wants to harm us with, God can turn that around for good and he'll change us and mold us and he'll help us to have endurance to make it to the end. And so the same things that, that we struggle with uh, early on in our Christian walk, if we're still struggling with those things to where we feel hopeless in those things, man, we've got to come over here to where we, we've grown and, and we've been able to see, okay, God got me through that. Okay, God got me through that. And God's going to keep getting you through. I'm not saying your situation might get better. I don't know. I'll, I'll believe for breakthrough for you, but I don't know. But the point is, is we understand that we need to be changed and it will change us. And so we can be patient in tribulation because God's got a plan even in our tribulation to mold us and shape us. And so don't lose hope. And it's by the power of his Holy Spirit that he will help us to be patient in tribulation. Finally, uh, be constant in prayer. A transformed person will be constant in prayer. Uh, how, how, guys, if we're just being honest and we, the, the church, like the broad brush, brush stroke of the church, I'm not talking about Mustang Creek, the broad brush stroke of a church, I think prayer is really taking a back seat in, in the church. Um, uh, I heard, uh, I think it was Spurgeon who used to, he would be showing people around the church and uh, he would open up a door and say, hey, this is the kids' classroom. Hey, this is the, I don't know, the green room. They probably didn't even have those back then. Uh, and then he would say, hey, this is, the, this is the engine room. But all it was was not the engine room. It was the place where the people were praying before the service. And he said, this is what it all comes from is this prayer room right here. But guys, how, how we've come to, to give prayer a backseat, it says be constant in prayer. That doesn't sound like something we should do occasionally, but be constant in prayer. Uh, how 
we have been disconnected from the source. We want to see God do all these things. And it doesn't matter how many people we have mobilized in, in windmill farms or any other outreach or, or how much money is given to it. If it's not bathed in prayer, we are not connected to the source. And so we better be prayed up and stayed up before we go and take Jesus into the world because that is the source. And when we aren't in prayer constantly, we're disconnected from the source. And guys, I think if we were honest, we can all increase the life of our prayer in, in our own lives to where we can see God move. And it's not just asking God for things, it's thanking him for things. It's, it's praising his name. It's, it's asking God to transform you, to help you with the things that you have going on. Guys, we we have got to be people of prayer and stay connected to the source. We need to stay connected through the day. Guys, it says that, that Daniel, right, he would, he, it says that he would go to the window and pray three times a day. He would open up the windows and pray to God. And uh, I think that's what being in constant prayer really is about. I feel like the Lord's just, just really teaching me that it's not about just this, this one, okay, I've got this one set time in which I pray during the day. Yes, that's great. And if you do that, awesome. I, I do that too, right? But it's about being constant in prayer, which means giving thought and utterance to God all throughout our day and, and connecting to the source all throughout our day. It goes back to that working out and, and, and walking with the Spirit, right? Uh, if we're constant in prayer, that's going to keep us close to God. We're not going to want the things of the, of the world. We're not going to, we're going to want to stay transformed and walk in spirit and in truth because it's, it's what we're about. And so I, I'm challenging us today is, is that we be people who not only pray in the morning when we get up or whatever, but to be people who, you know, morning, noon, and night, we're con staying connected to God and connected to the source and uh, in relationship with him. Pastors always, uh, you know, one, one thing, we've been here five years now, uh, maybe over five years, but I remember uh, being with Pastor uh, Robert on many occasions where we're just, uh, we're doing some mundane task and all of a sudden he's, he's praying about something. I'm like, what? Okay. Like we're taking down these bleachers, uh, the bleachers in the kids room. It was a nightmare. We showed up. We thought we were going to just uh, take these, we have big ideas. We're like, we're going to drive like four hours. We're going to put these bleachers in the back of a trailer if you've seen them in the kids' ministry, they are massive. Uh, I don't know what we were thinking. So we get there, and we're like uh, trying to jack them up on a jack and roll them out, and we're like, this is not working. I mean, it's like the jack is breaking. These things are super heavy. And uh, all of a sudden, I, like pastor's like, oh, God, just give us an idea. Show us what to do. And I'm like, okay. Um, and he's like, oh, hey, man, we're going to take it all apart and load it up in the trailer. I'm like, okay, let's pray again. Let's pray again. Uh, and, uh, but man, like the whole time, like things would go wrong and he would just be over there, Jesus, what do I do? You know, the, the, to me, and, and I've seen it happen multiple times where, where he's just asking the Lord. And it reminds me of James uh, 1 where he's talking about going through tribulation, right? And he says, you can have all, uh, count all joy when you fall into uh, trials and troubles. And, um, and then it goes into, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we quote that one all the time, right? Like, oh, you need wisdom? Ask God, which is good. But it's actually connected to the first part where you're going through trials and struggles. Oh, okay, let's ask God how he can help us to, to get through that, 
right? And that, that's one thing I noticed from uh, even Grant the other day was trying to get those generators started, man. And we were like, I was like, Jesus, I'm not, I was like, let's pray over this thing. He ended up getting it working. It hadn't worked for like a long time. But you know what? That's, uh, to me, that's what being constant in prayer is. It's not just having a set prayer time. That's good and that's awesome. But it's about staying connected to the source throughout the day and through whatever we're doing because he wants to help. He wants to have that kind of relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the being constant in prayer. And so, guys, we have got to be people who are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And because we are transformed people, that's the foundation. We are people who are able to be constant in prayer, to be patient in tribulation, and to rejoice in hope. Guys, so when that hot water, those things come and, and things start to come out of us, guys, I, I pray that we will stop and be like, hey, Man, I don't like that. I'm going to repent to God because this isn't what the word says. I'm going to get right with God and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be transformed. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet right now, guys? And uh, maybe today you're, you're here and, and, and you've got no framework for this because you are like, well, I've ne- I'm still not justified. I still have not asked Jesus to be the savior of my life. I've not, I've not done that. I, I, I didn't realize that he loved me so much that he predestined a way to salvation, that he predestined a way for me to not have the penalty of sin, which is death. I, I didn't know that. And I've never surrendered myself. I've never presented myself to him and said, hey, Jesus, I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I'm going to do it your way. And you, you don't have a relationship with God. Guys, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for one second. Maybe that's you. And maybe you've, you've never done that or you've walked away from God. And, and today, the Lord's telling you, hey, I want you to come home. I, I want you to have right relationship with me. If that's you this morning, it's, it's your first time, your first time in a long time, just slip your hand up and say, yeah, that, that's me. And we, we, wanna, we just want to pray over that. Thank you. Guys, today I just want to end here in prayer. And if you want to stay and, and worship you, you are welcome to do that because we can worship God for all he's done for us. But guys, let's pray. God, I ask, God, that if there's one who is in their seat that is is not feeling like they can rejoice in and be patient in their struggle, God. I pray that you help them. I pray for you to give them hope, God, that it doesn't diminish. Father, I pray that, God, you help us to be people who live transformed lives. God, help us to be the same authentic Christian here at church as we are in our workplace, as we are at the grocery store, as we are wherever we're at. God, help us to be full of your spirit. Help us to renew our minds. Help us to wash over our minds with the word of God that we can be changed and transformed. Help us to think on what is lovely and pure and of good report. God, we just love you this morning. We say thank you for all you've done. God, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, just as we... Let's just stay just for a couple minutes here. Stay with me. And let's just worship God together. Ask him to restore our hope 
ask him to help us. And, man, and these altars will be open. If you want prayer, come up here. We, we got people who want to pray for you. But let's just worship this one song together and uh, let the Lord do what he wants to do. pray that we will leave this place asking and expecting God to continually transform us by the renewing of our mind and to help us to be constant in prayer, patient in tribulation, and rejoicing in hope. Just a reminder, there's no midweek service this week because Forney ISD changed the start of school, and every year we want to uh, honor parents, honor families, let you guys uh, be with your kids, get all the last minute things you need to get. And so we'll resume midweek services next week. Uh, but let's pray together for 
all the things going on with school as we get started back with the school year. God bless you.